Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Muzzin up against the boards, gave it away. Nugent Hopkins to dry saddle. He missed the net. And it goes around the boards and out to center. The net was wide open. It was a sharp angle, but it misses. Oh, man. That was uh, was that an early turning point last night's game? I don't know. 12.35 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers now. Just before we go to Brian Lawton. Uh, Ontario Oil Guy has texted uh, the show to say, Bob, what the guys need is a live rooster to take the hex off of Leon's stick, Connor to release the blockage in his left eyelid, and try to figure out what to get Cassian's kid for the baby shower. I think he combined three separate movies there. Uh, Lana, I was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, dude decided to go copycat and check a jersey on the ice. Uh, and I, I mentioned that there, you know, I, I knew what was coming today. And it's 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 not over the top. I mean, there are some people really upset and frustrated. I just said the players have got to block out that outside noise. Lana says, Bob, the fans that want to throw their jersey on the ice, that want to call a team out for being awful and want to text in and be horrible are not real fans. The team will come out of this. And uh, I will be cheering on my Oilers, says Lana. Well, uh, Lana, there's there's some pretty angry fans out there right now. I did throw a little tease out there before we went to the break. Just uh, it, we all know that the Oilers are challenged in the bottom six. There's been multiple stories uh, written about it over the course of the last week and a half to two weeks. This was festering for a while. Uh, I said, what do Tampa Bay, St. Louis, and Pittsburgh all have in common in 3C? In the three hole at center. Well, do a little dig and think about it. Those teams all won cups, and they all had sort of a unique situation involving their third line center. As we go to our orders now, headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky, it just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, number one pick, 1983 NHL draft, also started Octagon's player agency. We welcome back Brian Lawton. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. Better than Oiler fans this morning. Oilers fans are a little bit choked to say, and you know what? It comes with the territory. You, you know what? Uh, and when you work the this line of work, and I, I used to say this to Coach McTavish, and I'm privileged now to do the panel with them, and uh, we have a great chuckle over the numerous animated conversations we used to have in the past because uh, he always had great third and fourth lines. The problem was he didn't have a great power play because he didn't have the skill that uh, this current edition of the Oilers has. Uh but I used to say in the radio business, there's nothing better than a five-game winning streak and a six-game losing streak because <laughs> you get the pa- <laughs> you get the passion going every way. Uh, so, 
here's here lies the rub for Edmonton. First, I'm going to get you. You know, you're watching the games. You watch the Oilers a ton. You told us that Dave Tippett was going to be the uh, next head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. What are is this a byproduct that maybe the team bluffed their way to a 16 and five start? The injuries caught up. Uh, lack of secondary scoring. Defenses. What do you see right now, Brian? I see, and this may shock a lot of people, but it shocks me by the reaction around Edmonton. I see a little regression to the mean on the power play. That was expected. I see a team that's actually playing pretty well. The If you watch the game last night, it appears obvious to me that the club does not have a lot of confidence in their goaltending. They're doing a lot of things well. They were dominating at points last night. And uh, at the same time, it just wasn't moving forward for them the way it normally was and did earlier in the year. If you look at the analytics and how the club's actually performing expected goals and things like that, uh, they have not been as bad as this losing streak indicates. That's just hockey sometimes. In Edmonton, it feels like the end of the world. But it's not. If you're around this game long enough and you watch enough games, you know that even good teams are going to go through this. My macro views are the NHL right now, a lot closer than maybe I've ever seen it in my life. When you look at all the teams and the margin of victory and you get just a little bit off and you can lose five or six games, you get just a little bit more right than you should be. And you can win five or six or seven or eight or nine games. And we've seen that this year through many, many clubs. Yeah, well, uh, it's an interesting one uh, to, to say. the. Li- I mean, we read the stats that Darcy McLeod, a guy named Woodguy, put out, uh, which basically show that the orders in their first 10 games weren't getting hammered five on five because they got a lot of three uh, third line production at that time from Derek Ryan, Warren Fogle, and Zach Cassie in the first six games of the year. So they didn't get killed five e five further down the lineup. Then in games eleven through twenty, Edmonton went six and four during that stretch after the nine and one start. Um, you could see that the team was totally relying upon special teams and and their top end guys, and they were getting destroyed in terms of the five e five game. In the most recent seven games, and I, I'm, I'm going to include last night because Edmonton again outshot Toronto. For the hardcore analytics guys, they can't have it both ways. They can't sit there and say, "Well, you know, Edmonton did have the the, the majority of the shots, but over these you know five games at home here, the Oilers have outshot the opposition, and uh, but they've also had four goaltenders that have come in, Brian." And they've been the great equalizer for the opposition teams. They've been stars in four of the five games. Actually, you know what? I might have to check. It might be all five games against Edmonton that the opposition goaltender has been a star in the building. So, uh, And then fans will say, Brian, well, then they shouldn't have bet on Mike Smith if they don't have confidence in Miko Koskinen, that they should have gone another route and goal. What would you respond to that? You couldn't move Miko Koskinen, so you're kind of stuck with him. I think that's the honest answer you may not hear that on the radio but that would be my opinion only but i doubt that they had an ability to move him they didn't have a lot of choice they did bet on a 40 year old and um, hasn't worked out great from that respect but some of these things are what i call hangover from previous salary cap moves it takes forever to turn the titanic uh it's amazing to me that Ken Holland's been able to change this team as much as he has with the circumstances that he was handed. 
he's not going to complain about it. He knew that when he took the job. There's lots of positives, but there are some negatives. Um, you know, they, they do desperately need Mike Smith to come back. They do need him to play well. I know he'll play different just by the style of game that he gives them. Kind of a third D back there. Just helps their entire transition game. To me, it really, and I and I hate to say this because I like Miko Koskinen, nothing against him, but the, the Oilers look like a team, and this does not show up in any analytics categories, just does not have a lot of faith in their goaltender. And great goaltenders don't always make every save. They make the right saves. That's not happening for the Oilers right now. I think it's deflating them. I think it's got them down just a bit, and I don't think you'll ever see that on any analytics line. There you go. That is uh, Brian Lawton. So, Brian, I threw out a, a little bit of a, a teaser for the fans and because I want to talk a, a bit about solutions. And I have a solution, and I'd like to get your thoughts on that. And it's a solution at times Edmonton has gone to in the past. So I, I think the fans have got it figured out if they're listening to the show right now. Uh, when the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup in back-to-back years, who was slotted in as their third-line center? It was it was Gord, right? Uh, for, what's that? It was Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord, who was making about five, yep. five and a half million bucks a year. Okay? Right. 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 When the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup in 2019, you recall who their third-line center was? He was being paid pretty well as well. And a guy that, when he came in the league, um, this guy, Mike, whether or not the player realizes it, Mike Babcock helped make this guy a player. But, uh, yeah, that was Tyler Bozak. And he was making $5 million a year. Right. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't recall. Oh, Washington would have been Lars Eller. Uh, I would have to look up uh, Eller's price point. But he was not in the one and a three half. Three and a half. He was a three and a half at that time. Yeah. Pittsburgh had uh, Benino, Benino, Benino. And he was on a, on, a, on a good deal for the Penguins. He was at $1.9 million. And then walked from that deal and went to Nashville at four million. And I think they tried to, they got rid of him or they flipped him pretty quickly. Here's where I'm going with this. Yeah. I'm looking at the makeup of Edmonton's forwards, and and to me, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has spent a fair amount of time on the left side this year. I get the theory you're playing Nugent Hopkins 20 minutes a game. Uh, he's got to be in your top six. You have McDavid and Drysaddle that are playing 22 minutes each a game. They have in the past, I know during the 2017-18 season, uh, the team was struggling, and we went into Boston and practiced at BU, and lo and behold, it was McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins centering their own lines. Um, When you lose six in a row, even though you are doing some things that are territorially suggesting that you're, you're, you're tilting the ice a bit, would you be open to maybe running McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins down the middle and just building the having those guys sort of Nugent Hopkins, the advanced analytics, just so the listeners know this, the advanced analytics on Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto defensively, they're they're fairly reliable defensively. Uh, they have not produced offensively at the level that people are, are, are open for. Would you would you look at that as a potential option if you were part of the Oilers coaching staff or the Oilers management team? I would. You know, the Oilers are like some of these other teams that hit the wall and, you know, just couldn't get anything going. I'm talking about Vancouver and Philadelphia for a while where you you need some type of reset or change. 
a move like that would indicate that is something for the players to grab onto. I'm not saying that's going to work the rest of the year, but yes, to change it up, absolutely. You're always trying to keep it fresh for guys. You want to get them out of a rut right now, even though I can look at their five-on-five analytics and say, you know what? They're doing some things that are going to help them down the road, for sure, better. But it's not helping them right now. So making a change like that, I think it'd be a pretty good idea. Uh, you mentioned Philadelphia and Vancouver. They made a different type of change, but their teams were in a yeah, world. That, you know, Vancouver was like six and fourteen when they made the change, and Philadelphia had lost like ten straight games and were roughly at the same kind of record. Edmonton's in a completely different position because they built up a sixteen and five record. I, I just, I just look at it and people say, "Well, Stafford, you're an idiot. You can't do that right now because they don't have Hyman." And my response would be, "Why not?" Like what do you like seriously? And you'd end up and McLeod's out, so Nugent Hopkins could go into center for maybe a week to ten days. And even when McLeod comes back, you just play him on the wing, and uh, right, right, and and it gives Fogle an opportunity to play on the top six. Hyman would be out short term. You'd still have Pulleyarvi. I I just I wonder whether. People are going to think I'm crazy. I'd even contemplate playing Turris. I don't think Turris is a bottom six player. I'd even contemplate in the short term while Hyman's out, playing Turris on the right side, higher up the lineup, because he can shoot the puck. And I just, so I'm going to throw that out there to the listeners right now. Would it make sense at this stage to put Ryan Nugent Hopkins at third line center? in an effort to bolster the Edmonton's bot- the, the Edmonton Oilers' bottom six. He's still going to get a sugar time, Brian, on the power play. And it's probably yeah. going to mean you're coming out of the power play, you're going to have to play your fourth line with Derek Ryan and Colton Sevier, who have settled down a bit here over the last three or four games, by the way. Five on five. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My read from afar is that Zach Hyman is more of a game-time decision next game, though, Bob, just between you and I, since we know no one's listening, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does play, but we'll find out. Well, if he does play, Um, he's one tough you-know-what, because there's lots of guys that get careened into the boards like that that are out two to four weeks, and he has a reputation for playing through injury, so we shouldn't be surprised. He does. That's right. That's right. He does. But, no, everything's on the table right now. I mean, it's the strangest of circumstances for Edmonton, their coach is gone. He'll be back before Christmas, but for now, you know, your head coach isn't going to be there. But in today's world, I mean, we just saw it with Bruce Cassidy in Boston when he missed four games and Joe Sacco took over and they went 3-1-1. One, and one. So the coach is still involved. They just may not be there. And that may be the perfect elixir just to change things up. Bruce Cassidy's a good coach. Dave Tippett's a good coach. This isn't like necessarily Vancouver and Philly where they exhausted every option. Everything we're talking about, Edmonton, and Edmonton's got 10 more moves before you can even consider anything like that. Significant moves. Uh, Philly and Vancouver were at the end of their room, so that was different. And we should mention, they are going to get Mike Smith back sometime before Christmas, are they not? I would be shocked if uh, Mike's day-to-day is, you know, it's kind of turned into a running joke, but I actually believe he's day-to-day now. Okay. So that can give a team a little bit of a jolt. I, and I, so I want to I get people's thoughts. You can text us at 780-496-0063. I'd also, just for the record, I'd play Yamamoto with Nugent Hopkins on the third line. Guy hasn't got a shot in six games playing in the Oilers' top six 
I would just move him down further down the lineup and hope that he plays against uh, the third pairing more often than not and see if he can win. The, and again, I know that those guys, those guys may not be overly physical, but they're smart players positionally. And I think Nugent Hopkins, frankly, is more of a center than he is a, a winger. I just wish he was better than 38% in the face-off circle, which is what he's at. This right. Is this all a moot point, Brian? How concerned? You're in, you're in uh, New York City. You've got access to Gary Bettman. You're on the radar screen for NHL teams that are looking for management help, um, aside from your media work. Are we headed down a path where we may be short-circuited here for a three-week stretch just to... I don't know, to find a way and then and then go back into sort of a last season bubble that we saw? I don't think it ends up that way. We're definitely, it feels tumultuous, certainly does out here in New York. I was just in the city this morning. But um, I feel like, like when I'm looking at Calgary and you're doing your due diligence and you find out, oh my gosh, 17 people infected and barely anyone is sick, I feel like there's a shift that's going to happen that people recognize more readily that some of these shifting variants are much more contagious, but much less deadly. And it may take a while for that statement to kick in for people, but I'm saying it's it's going to be the new normal. And I still think we're in an overreact mode. I understand why because people have passed away, and this is very, very serious. But it feels to me like it's shifting in terms of the severity, not and also in terms of the quantity of people that are getting sick. It's not just the National Hockey League. The NFL, look at the numbers they're throwing up. Yeah. The NBA, look at the numbers they're throwing up. And then you have a whole political aspect of how do you handle that? you got to protect your citizens. And trust me, nobody wants to protect the people more in all these sports leagues, it's in their best interest. But we may be at a stage where the hype is bigger than the reality. Hmm. And the numbers are big enough to drive that, but I'm I'm not so sure we're headed for the disaster that it seems to feel like a lot of people believe we are. I think there can be a shift of recognition of what's going on. You know, uh, Craig Simpson, I, I recall him telling me a story, uh, game five back at Edmonton in 1988, people say Starford there was no game five yes there was because we had the lights go out in Boston so they ended up playing and Craig was you know to quote him sicker than a dog and he played through it and I told a story about Sean Horkoff on the plane about eight or nine years ago and he looked he looked like death warmed over you know and he he'd not been with the he didn't bust with the team to the game he stayed in his hotel caught a cab over and flew on with the team he played the next game man I mean he was sick and I I, I just this thing it's crazy. Like, there's multiple players in Calgary that are asymptomatic, but they got it, and that's just the reality of it. Brian, one final one for you. Yay or nay, are we going to the Olympics with NHL players? My gut feeling says no, we're not, and I have tried to canvas some players that are key players for different countries, including Canada, and from what I'm told, information flowing back to the players is a little slower than they might like right now. They have questions. I feel like they want to go. They want to do it, but they want more information. And that communication line is not as strong as some players would like it. That's causing some hesitation. 
because players do want to go. They absolutely want to play. You have a million different reasons why certain players want to play more than others, but um, I don't think the reason that information is flowing back slowly is I don't think that players are going to be happy with the information they get back in terms of the uncertainty of going over and playing there. Bingo. Brian, great stuff. Love having you on the show. We'll talk next Wednesday. Appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. From the NHL Network, that's Brian Lott. He's our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And guests on this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's a great place to have a Christmas uh, party as well. They can cater it for you. They have takeout, they have delivery, you name it. Tell Brenda. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And Chris and Taylor, that Oilers Now sent you. It's 12.55 in Edmonton. We'll be back in two minutes on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chad. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, we'll get to some of the thoughts on Ryan Nugent Hopkins playing uh, in, in the center, maybe just to give it a little bit different look to the team. They've gone down this path before McDavid, Drysaddle, and RNH centering their own line. Oilers Jay has texted the show. Obviously, there's rumors that Jacob Chikrin may now be in play out of Arizona. Bobby, our number one, Broberg, Yamamoto, and maybe a second in 2023 to Arizona for Chikrin and Kraus. So you're trading away three number ones. Yeah, you would have to include another prospect in that deal. I'm just going to let you know right now. They're going to hold out a king's ransom. It's an interesting concept on the trade, though. There's no question. Very interesting concept on that trade. Uh, you'd have to move out. Uh, I'm just looking at the math here. I mean, you're, you're taking $6 million back, and you're only moving out um, $1 million off your active roster orders, Jay. You'd have to make some other moves. They might have to make some other moves come the offseason anywhere with a couple players. Maybe a right wing, maybe a right shot D. You can keep texting us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. For you Oilers fans out there, we're up to 70 people that are heading down with New West Travel on a four-night road trip to Music City. It's in April. Hopefully the world's going to be at a lot better place. This package includes exclusive nonstop flights with Flair Airlines, four nights in a deluxe hotel, a great game ticket, and welcome reception with special guests, all for just $1,750. Join the Oilers Now Nashville road trip. Call New West Travel 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, and when we come back, Love him or hate him, he's coming on. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey and the Political Affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.